Welcome in. It's SV Pod with Stanford Steve. I'm Scott Van Pelt. Happy to have you along with us. Less eventful week thus far, which is fine. A little snow, no big deal. They get your trash on, on Monday, Steve. No. Holiday. Ah, all that's the, a good point. All the excuses, Scott. They got them all. They got uh, them all. Uh, we're going to give them a holiday, Steve. We're going to give okay. them the holiday. All right. They get it today? No. Yeah, well, that I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, fellas, let's, let's tighten it up. A man's, <laughs> a man's over there by Falls Road. Just looking for his stuff to get picked up. Uh, I think you're going to... I think... They, did you learn anything about the NAM and the GFS and the Euro? I, I think no. the most recent guidance suggests this weekend storm is not, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I'm gonna, just going to guess that you were disappointed on what the possibilities were early in the week. I know that I know the NAM changed a little bit, yeah. but some of Euro, those totals were crazy. Uh, yeah. Euro was adverse. See, this is like I told you last week. This is why looking at guidance is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, hey, look, the Euro says it's going to snow three feet. Yeah, sure it is. No. Okay. Number one, no, it isn't. And then number two, when it goes out to sea, then people like me are like, oh, man, all bummed out. It's fine. We had snowfall on Sunday. We had the playoffs on, had a fire going. You can't, you can't do a whole lot oh. better than that. What's better than that? Nothing. Well, maybe, a, maybe some games that were good. How about that? Well, I'll, I'll keep waiting for those ones. First playoff game ends with the Raiders on the 10-yard line with a chance to tie. That was that was exciting. And the Cowboys-Niners game is an absolute gong show. And outside of that, it's just a bunch of routes. There wasn't a single lead change in the second half of any wild card game. And let me tell you, for people like me who told you all week long, weird things happened this week, Steve underdogs and road teams or every favorite except the one underdog that the whole world loved San Francisco came in easy you didn't even sweat uh it was it was not I mean look we love the playoffs this game's sucked period yeah so I understand the love people have for the NFL. I do. I get it. I don't love it as much as others, but I get it. It, it. it is when it's good. It's as good as it gets. And the idea, I don't know what happened. I was, maybe just because we were, you know, bunkered down all of last year. And I didn't even realize we had two triple headers that first weekend where we also had the same format as we do this year. Um, I don't know why that was uh, caught me off guard, but like looking at it this year, you're like, huh? Pittsburgh and Philly made the playoffs, huh? Yep, they sure did. And they're gone. Yeah, well, dispatched easily. I thought I thought that on Rosillo's podcast, uh, Mitchell Schwartz that's on with him or uh, was on with him today. You know, Lyman was with the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with them. Careful, that guy. He went to Cal. I didn't want to bring it up. Careful. Hey, look, I'm friends with J.J. Reddick now. I mean, if I could do that, <laughs> you can. You cannot grow this. I'm bl- totally, totally messing around. Mitchell. No, you're not. You have yes, a blanket. Yes, I am. Yes, you, have I am. Bl- you have a blanket I, hatred for Cal. Admit I do, but I can look past it. Unlike you, which took 20 years for you to say hi to JJ Reddick. I got a great, I got a great text. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I can sell him out. I can. No. All right. 
It's, just, it's the same thing. Coach Williams, it's like it kills me to say it, but J.J. Reddick's so good on ESPN. I said, I told him the same thing, Coach. We're allowed, we're allowed to grow up. You know, took him till his 70s, took me to my 50s. It's fine. We're doing great. Anyway, Schwartz made the point with Rosillo, and it's a, it's a good one. You get a couple of seven seeds, and now who are they playing? Well, they're playing twos who used to get buys. And in the case of these two seeds this year, in Kansas City and Tampa Bay, you're talking about the AFC and the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl last year. So, look, Pittsburgh, we all know why and how they got in. And you could see that they just, it was smoke and mirrors, man. They were so limited. Mm-hmm. They, they just, Roethlisberger knew it and said as much before they went out there. And in Philly's case, who knows? I mean, pretty iffy flag on that first drive. but Tough task. Yeah, it was a big hill to climb, and they weren't getting to the top of that mountain. But the game, those games just weren't compelling. And and by the way, if San Francisco doesn't go 88 yards in a minute and a half without a timeout to tie the Rams and then beat them, you'd have gotten Taysom Hill and the Saints out there running around. Actually, he's hurt. So you would have gotten your Book. man. Huh? Book. He would have been back. <laughs> That's a playoff starter. I mean, so I look, the games were what they were. This weekend, typically is the best weekend of football. And you got some incredibly sexy matchups. The most interesting of all for me is the Bills against Kansas City because Allen and the Bills went out to Arrowhead this year and won. And they were, wasn't an accident. They were just better from start to finish in that game. Mm -hmm. But what was that, week five, I want to say? Like an October game is just that. And I, I'm not huge on the whole legacy game or whatever, but this, this is a game where if Josh Allen goes out there and is anything close to what he was Saturday night at home against the Patriots where they never once punted and the drive chart looked like when you play a video game set to JV level. When you do. Well, I do it on Heisman. <laughs> it's not that I got some plays. They pretty much just work. I run them over and over and over. A lot of tight end action, Steve. Love Good. to run, love to run tight end action. But if if he goes out there and absolutely rips it up and they beat the Chiefs, then any detractors that are still out there for Allen have to stand down. I don't know who there are at this point. I feel like mostly they've been talked off that talked off that wall. But it it's a gigantic spot for a Buffalo franchise. It it feels like they should have to go through Kansas City to get there because they've been the beasts of the AFC. Uh, And, you know, to to beat Mahomes, who, by the way, had five touchdown passes in what was it, 10 minutes the other night against Pittsburgh? Mm. I mean, yeah, he's got a gear as well. So that that's the game. All four are interesting. But Josh Allen, in my estimation, has has the most to gain. There's there's so many like crutches I think we have in our business. Who has the most pressure? You know, it's just they all do. It's they have nothing to lose. They have the same thing to lose as the, anybody. A game. Everyone has the same thing to win or lose. A game. But for Allen, it would represent a step forward through Kansas City, get to the AFC Championship game against whoever. 
Before we move on, two things I want to mention. The first draft podcast with ESPN experts Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Field Yates. Keeping tabs on the latest in the NFL draft is now twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. You can check out Monday's show on YouTube as well. And NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, offers exclusive content Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. What's the game that you're most interested in? I'm dying to see Tampa, Los Angeles because of the idea of what the Rams bring to the table defensively, knowing what Brady is capable and seeing him do in playoffs of pass with less comp with less talent, seeing Werfs is not going to be 100%, even if he can play, knowing what the Rams could bring into pressure front, knowing the Rams gave it to him. Uh, when they when they came out to L.A., even though Brady did throw for over 400, like that, I'm dying to see Brady. I think he's going to throw like 70 times. Um, they're going to go down swinging. Uh, I still think uh, it was funny Sunday. I was uh, driving, trying to get to where I was going for the one o'clock game and still not knowing if I wanted to give the points or take the points with Philly. And I heard a promo of Bruce Arians. He's like, this is the first time we're going to have uh, our whole defense back since week one. And I'm like, oh, my God, pull over, pull over, lay him. pull over and lay him. Because I love <laughs> I love D, uh, Levante David and, and Devin White are just phenomenal to watch. And Whitfield has yep. really, really turned into to something. Uh, if you watch college football, you knew he was a playmaker. But now he's it's insane what he's doing. But that's the matchup to me because it's sort of the old versus new to me. Um, it's, I mean, what Stafford could possibly do it, with a playoff win to help his image over Tom Brady, you mm-hmm. know, that, 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 I mean, selfishly for him, I, I'd love to see that, but I, I just, I, I don't see it. Um, but I think it could happen. Um, and that's, that's why I, I, I that, that's the game that I'm most fired up for. The Ram defense, what they did on Monday night to Kyler Murray in Arizona was just was pretty eye opening. I mean, Murray was as uncomfortable as you could possibly be from the jump. And there were a number of just tactical things that happened. McVay challenged an A.J. Green catch that wasn't a catch, which backed him up against the goal line. And, I mean, you know, Murray tries to make a play. It doesn't work. Pick six. I mean, you're down 21 nothing to that team. Good luck. Because mm-hmm. you, you might as well be a stake attached to a stick hung in a lion cage <laughs> because those dudes are coming for you, man. And, I mean... Philadelphia got some pressure on that on that Buccaneer O line, and we know that Worfs went went out with an injury. What was it, Jensen as well? Aikman, by the way, was great. I, I just love the love disdain. Him. I love the disdain he had for the whole. I like, love him. I don't know why we're here. Rather be in Dallas. Good for you, man. I don't know why they won't throw it to Devontae Smith. He's right here, wide Good open. You. Yeah, that didn't make any ten it, yards off. I don't know. <laughs> he just Aikman was a blast on Sunday. He was love not him. having it at all. They did a nice job on Fox on pointing out that with a lot of the issues they had, you lose Godwin, Antonio Brown, whatever, however you want to frame what he was to them. You lose Ronald Jones, you lose Fournette, but tackle to tackle, they had continuity in front of Brady, which is the most important thing you can have in front of a 44-year-old man. Brady is what Tiger Woods was during that run when Tiger just won majors and I, I just ran out of ways to talk about it. I ran out of smart ways, clever ways, new ways. None of it made any sense. He's 44 years old. 
44. I think Rodgers will win the MVP, but if Brady did and Arians was stumping for his guy, there's sure there's a, certainly a case for him. I mean, look at what look at what he's doing, and then remember he's fo- how old are you? 45. Just turned it the other day. Imagine if you were starting a playoff no! game this week, my man. I, I can't even get to the car with remember if I brought my keys yet. There you go. So bad, bad. Most important thing for that team is the continuity from left tackle to right tackle and keeping Brady in a clean pocket. I mean, we made fun of Barnwell of like the key to get pressure to Brady. Yeah, we're good on that. We know that's what it is. Rams can do some of that. Mm -hmm. Rams can do some of that. That that, that game. Look, every game is interesting. San Francisco and Green Bay. What is San Francisco does the thing well that green that bothers Green Bay the most. That's run the football. Go back to that. That Cleveland game. And man, you want to talk about a team that when they look back at their season, man, you know how close we were to being a playoff team. We, you know how close like we, we lost to the Raiders on a night where we started like guy that wasn't on our team because of COVID. We lost that Green Bay game. They they forgot that they had Nick Chubb and decided to throw it a bunch when they were if they ran it three more times. They would have had a chance to kick a field goal to win in Lambeau. But go back and look at that game script and how Chubb ran against them. San Francisco can bother Green Bay. I don't think they're winning. I don't think they're going to win. But if you're going to play them and beat them, the one thing you want to be able to do is is physically run the football and possess it. They can do that. They can do that. So you're saying they're going to cover but not win? I went 0-5 last week, everybody. I have a question about that. 0-5. Gave out five games. Did not hit a one. Yes, Steve. You do it every week. I do yep. it every week during a college football season. Yep. Isn't it amazing how when you have great weeks, you don't hear any from anyone, and then one oh oh and five week, and you hear from people that you've never heard from before? Yeah, I mean, it's just how it goes. It's right. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's a great, great world. Yeah. I mean, you, you give away free money on the internet and free. Free. It's free money. And you give it away. And no one says, thanks, Scott. Thanks for being 20 over 500. Go 0 and 5. What do you get? 20 over 500. Thanks, Scott. No. Go 0 and 5. You suck. All right. That's, you're right. I'm sorry. It was, it was a bad one. It was rough. Uh, I don't know what I'm picking, and it doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't know, or I don't care. I'm, just in, I'm in a bad place right now. But uh, we'll be unflappable. We're going to rally, and we'll, uh, we'll give out some winners later on. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last one is uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee, which will get the least amount of run. But you and I are both in the tank for Vrabel. They're going to get back Derrick Henry. It would appear not official just yet. They're the least appreciated one seed I can ever remember. And they're going up against a team in Cincinnati who who is they're so interesting to me because of Burrow. Yes. And I, I go back to Burrow when he when he transferred from Ohio State. And what did Ryan Clark tell us about when he got down to Baton Rouge? He's like, people down there were like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. You left because you couldn't get on the field in Ohio State. And he was walking around like he knew who he was going to be. And he was that guy. And then 19 happened. And it's it's incredible. It's 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 it's. It's like a movie where some guy knows he has a superpower and he tells everybody, you know what? I can fly. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can, you can fly. Have, have fun. Have fun flying. And then one day you look up and you go, he's flying. That's that guy. Look at Joe Burrow. I can't believe he's flying. And he did what he did in 19. And now he's got the absolute confidence in himself and in his group and how, how they do what they do. And I think it's clear that that group has the same confidence in him Uh, going on the road against the one seed. It's it's a, that's a lot, but he is so, and he had the, he had the audacity to wear those glasses to the post game last week. Like, okay, young fella, you had a pair of those for Vegas. (laughs) Buddy, let me tell you, I went to Vegas when we were, I've told the story. We, we were the cliche, like the bozos that go to Vegas with the outfits. And this is turn of the century square. Who, who was in charge of that? Was it Calf, Sanko? Who, who, who got all the gear? Well, I mean, it wasn't like we did team shopping at the mall. I mean, everybody came trying to out. Well, everyone came trying to impress. Okay. All right. And, you know. That was that was the that was the era of the square toe Kenneth Cole's shiny. Maybe you had like a middle of the mall watch. Shout out to Jody High Roller, a little middle of the mall Kenneth Cole type watch. Okay, when the Nokia brick phone came out, and you'd have some, you'd have some Banana Republic flat front slacks, and some kind of leopard print shirt. You were straight out of Central Casting. Bozo Vegas party goers. We were them. But I will say that when we sat down at the tables, we were we were unflappable and we let it we let it go. We were the we were who you wanted in your casino because we made just enough money to gamble way more than we had and we would lose it. And then you'd and you'd comp the RFB. That's Vegas. 
those that know, know. That's room, food, and beverage. No big deal. We'll count the RFB because this guy that doesn't have a thousand in his checking account is going to lose 20 grand. <laughs> we'll get him back in March. That'll be great. But look at their outfits. What a bunch of bozos. <laughs> For those that remember the old, old, the, the absolute heyday of the hard rock, turn of the century hard rock was oh. Vegas personified. Am I right? Oh, my Lord. It Unbelievable. was incredible. Everybody that went there was like from in their mind, it was entourage. They all were ready to go do their thing. And they had a high limit blackjack area called the Peacock Lounge. Yes. And the story you're telling involves being in the Peacock Lounge, betting who knows ample, how, ample, how many chips and what color chips was of no consequence. Okay. <laughs> and one person at the table asked me, Hey, Pelt, Pelt. You, you want to go play uh, cards in the Peacock Lounge? To which I said, we're in the Peacock Lounge. And the answer from my friend came back as sarcastic as it could possibly be said. I'm sorry. I didn't know we're in the Peacock Lounge. It's like, buddy, you're betting like 5,000 a hand. So you should probably try to focus with some poise on your current situation. I don't know. How did we get to this, to, to the turn of the century hard rock peacock? Lounge. Oh, I don't know. The, the Joe Burrow glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I was fearless, but I didn't have any glasses like that, but I uh, sure had some square toe, shiny Kenneth Coles for the ladies. If <laughs> and some Issy Miyake. Oh, Lord. Because the word on the street was that the dancers like that cologne. Oh, there we go. We had some friends that knew some people. Everybody was just having a great yeah, time. Yeah. We were, people were friendly. Nice. Everyone was lovely. <laughs> Bruce Feldman wrote a book with uh, Ed Ogeron about the, the title season 19. And there's a chapter in there about Burrow. And the story goes that when he got there, and you're talking about people are saying, who the hell is this kid think he is? He challenged Devin White to fist at a practice. That's that's what you need to know. That's the amount of crazy that man has in him. Now, he knows, and everyone knows, that if it got to that point, there yeah. might not have been another nine at LSU. But to hear guys talk about and coaches realize what he had inside of him and knowing that he was not afraid was – was pretty eye-opening. And from there, you read it. I mean, it's just you talk about a team coming together behind a guy. It's, it, it's all you need to know. It's it's incredible. And he, it, he, just, he has it. I mean, everybody you talk to. Ohio State had players on their bye week and any chance they could going down to Baton Rouge to see him play. Like, that's what they thought of him. Um, he's just – he's one of a kind. He does – this team and this opportunity reminds me of, of young Favre and the Packers – Going out to San Francisco uh, and 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 getting it done earlier than they should have or could have, and they did it, and then that obviously set up the Dallas debacles. But there's there's that capability. But like I said, with Tennessee, I love them because no one is afraid of them, and they ain't afraid of anyone.
You said that so perfectly. So perfectly. You said it last week. Can't wait for that one Saturday. Where are we Saturday? You're around Saturday? Get the fire going? Yeah. What are you going to bring the, bring the, bring the, yeah. You bring, don't want that noise. Yeah, bring three girls to my house. We have <laughs> six kids running around our house. No <laughs> chance. Please don't do that. I will not do that. All right. Look, I'll meet. I mean, meet you somewhere. <laughs> no. uh, you know, what's the most interesting thing when I think about Burrow is if 19 doesn't happen exactly how it happens, does he become who he is? In other words, a guy who becomes the number one pick. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit of it's a little chicken egg because no do, you be, do you become that confident because you believe it or because you've done it right? You he you you have this uh, swagger. So uh, such an overused word. But I mean, re, uh, OK, I'll use the word I overuse. It's uh, competitive arrogance. Do you have that come out of competitive arrogance? He had it before he'd done it. So maybe the answer is, yeah, he was going to be that dude no matter mm-hmm. what. But that 19 season, I mean, think about what he had. He had, look at what look at what Chase did in his rookie year. Look at what Jefferson's done in his two years with Minnesota. He had both of them, and he had a layer behind him. And they had a zillion other pros all over the field. So they were, they were video gaming it and just hang it on them, people. And then... It, it turns him from a third-day draft pick, according to our guy McShade, to the first pick in the draft. And it is pretty amazing, uh, very quickly, to be thrust into this kind of situation. A road playoff game, like you just compared with, with Favre going out to the Bay Area back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, opportunities, opportunities. They, when they come around, you gotta, you got you to gotta seize them because you don't know when they come back. That's what, that's what makes a divisional round in particular. You've, you've, you've thinned it out. You've gotten it down to the meat here. Uh, and... Right now, if I say to you, Green Bay and whatever, Buffalo. I like Green Bay and Buffalo. I just said it. All right. Does that sound crazy? No. No. I am getting worried about Buffalo and the public. I think the public's going to be all over the Bengals. I think the public's going to be all over uh, Buffalo Bills. And... It's, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. It's happened a lot this year, and that's the great thing about this sport is a lot of times you got to beat that guy that's beating you nonstop. And Buffalo got him um, in the regular season, and I thought that was important to, to know they could do that. Uh, you got Green Bay, who had a crazy comeback against San Francisco earlier in the year uh, that you said last night off air that, I mean, that's so long ago you thought that vaulted them uh onto their quest well don't don't uh, forget don't forget that the, the stink of that that loss to the saints was still stuck to them yep. when they went out there yep right um but i i mean you hear me asking we got a couple packer guys on our on our staff too i i used to be all in on them when Favre was playing i i think this is roger's best team i really do uh we talk about the guys are getting back and i just now it's on that defense, man, because you know he's going to show out for um, sure. He can that defense. I mean, him and him and Devontae Adams combined are the most unstoppable thing, most unstoppable tandem in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, I like what Burrow and Chase did this together this year is nuts, yeah. but just 
when you get down there on the goal line and you got 17 single coverage on some corner, I just think, well, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Cause those two are just in sync. They know exactly what the other's going to do. And then they execute. Um, so I, let's just hope the games are better. Uh, I waited yeah. until the very end until we had kind of already looked ahead to ask you about the, the, the topic that everyone's by now was in a sense beaten into the ground. And that's the end game with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, if Garoppolo is just patient enough to let what Williams get set and go for the sneak on fourth down, then they run, they take knees and we never get to that last madcap end game scenario. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's been out there in the middle of a two minute drill and whatever, the, the, the idea that everyone's going to, to know exactly what we're doing, what Zach, what Dak would check to, that he would know exactly where to stop on the field, have the ball, hand it to the ref. How much different is it from our couch watching the game on TV than it is on that field in that moment? Put it on fast forward as fast as you can and try and watch it. That's how it is, Scott. And we're watching the play. And I see Cedric Wilson's in like the slot number two guy in the trips. I'm like, just throw it to him. Let him go 10 yards and get down. That way, everything is intact. Everybody knows where the ball's in front of them. Can I stop you right there? Let me stop you right there. That's the one thing that I would think. Once it was clear that San Francisco was now guarding the boundaries, that that, that it would have made way more sense to just throw a pass to the guy in the slot who can, A, give himself up more clearly, and then be standing by himself to hand the ball to the official, it's going to happen more quickly, and you're going to theoretically be able to execute the spike. That's the one, that's the clearest area of critique I could make. That seems like it would have been there, right? Yes. The okay. problem is, is you're coached in that situation because of the time you know. It's just like end game situations in basketball. All right, well, hey, we're down to, uh, you know, four seconds left. This is how much time. All right. You get in your head. Hey, I might have three dribbles here. That whole deal. So with the idea of running that draw there, I think it, it's weird because you watch it. You see the, the, the offensive line start running downfield and it's like, all right, how long is he going to go? How long is he going to go? And in my mind, I'm like, he's already gone too far because I know how long this takes. And this is the problem I have. And it, it cowboy fans say whatever you want. Your quarterback has to know he has to give the ball to the umpire. He has to know that. And that's how fast things happen. And, that, uh, and you, that's that's the point that I think people – that's what bums me out about the people. And this is – you know what? Because I didn't play the game. So I'm not casting aspersions against others because I was the guy that was out there. But I think unless you've lived it, the old Roosevelt man in the arena, unless you've been in the arena, unless you truly understand the chaos that is happening in real time to fault the the way that it happened. I just think it's just because you don't have any idea what it is. And you're you're from from the absolute sterile environment of your couch looking at that screen where it's all in front of you to think that it's it ain't a video game, right? Mm-mm. It's real life. And here's the other fact that people can't get it in their heads, Scott. People make mistakes. Yep. They make them. You mentioned it. Garoppolo, biggest play. We don't get any of this. If Garoppolo, because he's maybe a little fidgety, 
and knows what's going because he knows he's running a quarterback sneak, doesn't wait that one second. You can, you know, you know, in practice when they ran that, that, that quarterback sneak, when they motioned Williams over, Hey, make sure we're set before you snap the ball, make sure you are set before we snap the ball. But in that moment, the second that you feel like I, I can get it, I, right? I mean, and yeah. again, I've, I haven't stood there. This guy's been in the Super Bowl. The second you feel that that I've got that daylight and I've, I need to get the ah, hike. And, but yeah. we weren't set. And listen, neither team in the last two minutes was bathing itself in glory. My God, the Cowboys couldn't stop taking terrible penalties. You want to crush McCarthy for that? By all means, do so. Uh, the, the, the Niners made plenty of mistakes as well. Garoppolo. Yes. He oh. made that one terrible throw that you're just Niner fans are kind of waiting on and Cowboy fans are kind of banking on. And then it happens and the door gets cracked and you're like, wow, they're going to have a chance to win this. But see the thing that happens when a play goes foobar like that and the game ends is it provides never ending content for us and morning shows and night shows and everybody out there that wants to talk about it. But what it what it really casually glosses over is they still had to score a touchdown, man. Yeah. Like, but the, like it wasn't a three-foot putt. It wasn't a layup. It was they had to score a touchdown. And then Zerline, who missed, I think, more extra points than anybody in the NFL this year, had to make the extra point. So just chalking it up that now if I get saying we wish we'd have had the chance, of course. And if you're a Cowboy fan that feels like you got screwed and we should have had a chance, well, I disagree, but I understand if I'm a fan, I'm sure I, I could go down that road too. But you had to score a touchdown. And you didn't have Bosa on the field. You didn't have Warner on the field for the Niners. That would have been a scary 10 seconds of life mm-hmm. if you're part of the faithful. Those are the Niner fans, Steve. You know, you know that, Bay Area. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Here's another thing too. Go ahead. Cowboy fans, how about your players are ready to play at the start of the game? Because you got your kick the first 15 minutes of that game. You're there's lucky a, the score was 13 0. There, there's a thought. So lucky. There's a, there's so a thought. So lucky. There's a thought, you know. I mean, come on. I just, I don't know. You, I mean, the Cowboy fans, you know, are, are probably around the same age. They remember Detroit Aikman. Like, hey, you know what that team had? Great players. Great players. They, they freaking won a Super Bowl with Barry Switzer. No offense, Coach Switzer. I love him. I got a I got a floor length mink coat. He sure did. But anyway, put some onus on your players, Cowboy fans. That's all I want to say because for 20 years, all you guys have done is complained about your coach. That's all you've done. It's the same. You've been the one seed, you've been the two seed, you've been the three, you've been everything. All you've done is complain about your coach. You guys are a hallmark of consistency, though. You managed to do this time and time and time again. And that's why I did the one big thing about McCarthy. It's two years in. Like, yeah. you want to you wanna punt on him? All right. It's people want to punt on Kingsbury. Everybody just wants to punt on coaches. Is this, exactly. this, this, this is real life? This is real life. And you know what happens when, that, when you go out and you get the new guy? He does exactly what the last guy did. Because you just constant, there's no one ever has an opportunity to establish that that buzzword, the most overused word in sports, culture. We're going to create a culture. Yeah. Okay. You know how you create culture? You let something sit for a while. You let somebody ingrain an actual culture, like create work habits, create playing habits, create expectations that are met in games, whatever. No, nah, no, nah, we need to go get a new coach. All right. 
go to the new coach store and go get one. Let, I'll meet you in two years. Let me know how it goes. I'll be over here on the podcast guy store talking about how you just went to the new coach store again. It's just, it's, it's the most predictable part of this is people just suggesting that that is the fix. Yeah. Which ignores that it gets foobar out there and it's hard to friggin' win. And, and I'll never know why it's the coach's fault, why a team goes fall, uh, individual guys false start 10 times in a game. How is that the coach's fault? I'll never, ever, ever understand. Defensive Randy Gregory line. was tackling yeah. people. He's you play defense. They don't have the football. He's a guard and you're tackling him or he's a tackle and you're tackling him. What? Stop. My God, just stop all of it. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. Is there anything else that we're going to get to this week? I know I know there's something you hate. If you like Wordle, that's fantastic. I'm happy for you. I don't I don't care what you got. When you tweet out like your little Wordle thing. Now, this is where our, Scott and Steve admit to you, we don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what that little graphic represents. Yeah, I don't know and what this, the centipede is with different colors. I don't think that's what it is. And then the numbers, 206 or what? I, I don't know what it means. But also, I, I don't care what you got. So, okay. Um, Steve the other day is like, how do I mute? Uh, I'm like, just mute the word Wordle and you'll never see it. I want to mute that. I want to mute Nickelodeon. I want to mute a lot of things. Okay. But you don't hate. All right. But we don't hate that. I don't hate you. Again, I don't hate you if you love Wordle. I'm happy you love it. I'm just telling you over here. Uh, we don't know what it is. We don't and give a either. <laughs> that's, there you, I mean, that's, that's great. Cut to the chase. There we it's just, go. It's just like if you got a great workout in in the morning. Yep. Rise and grind. Great. No there one cares. Just do the work. All right. I got something okay. to hate. All right, ladies and this gentlemen. This is near and dear to you and I's heart because I've been driving around a lot. Might have to take some drives over to Virginia to cash in on some cash capabilities with the new apps that aren't allowed in Maryland, but they are allowed in Virginia. And you people that do that stuff know what I'm talking about. So we have found some convenience stores that we have just gone and parked in. And we got the girls with us. We'll go in and get a little treat. And they could eat their treat while daddy just fires away on the apps. So, Scott, there you- is a crisis. Okay. I cannot find our old favorite, just the regular sweet tarts. You know, mm. like the fat nickel size. They're like a nickel, but they're fat. You know those ones? They just came in the roll. Come in a roll. There, and it's like a paper, but the paper's covered with like aluminum foil on the outside. Like a light And they blue. have red, red, purple, green, yellow. And that's red, purple, yellow, green. That's it. Basically. Orange, maybe. I don't want sweet tart ropes. Nope. I don't want sweet tart sours. I don't want sweet tart gummies. I want the fat nickel sweet tarts. Okay. This is where I'm going to stop you. And I'm going to say... I'm going to do something that I rarely do. I'm going to just make an open appeal to the sweet tart people. Send my man some product. Many, many years ago, there was this, there was this treat bar 
that was it was like a toll house bar that was covered in chocolate. It was a toll house bar. And I went on the radio and I made some offhand comment about how I needed that. And the good folks sent me a, a gross of them, which I ate at an astounding clip. So if anybody out there in the sweet tart community can help my man, Steve, who, by the way, if you listen carefully to that story, there's two crises, crises, plural. Number one, Steve needs sweet tarts. Number two, he takes his daughters to sit in the car while he bets in Virginia. Pull yourself together, man. It's five miles. I just want you to think about what you're saying out loud. Like, hold on. Daddy's daddy's got to go fire on some props. Who wants some nerds? Yeah. <laughs> we'll stop a big. We'll stop a Chick-fil-A. We'll get you some a cheeseburger. McDonald's. They love the McDonald's cheeseburgers, yeah. right? Can't do the Chick-fil-A on an NFL Sunday. though. There you go. That's a good Can't point. Closed on Sunday. My bad. My fault. <laughs> we I got it like- down. Oh, don't worry. We're good. I feel like there's a lot of soul searching to be done after this after this talk. I, I think back to the I think back to the turn of the century Vegas days and oh, decisions, man. poor, really bad choices that were made. Uh, I think about you in, in a parking lot now. <laughs> um, You're mad because you can't get sweet tarts. Meanwhile, your children are sitting in the car while you're like betting the eighth at Aqueduct. No, like, my no. God. No. How no, I you... could do that at home. Okay. No horses. Uh, all, right, all right. Let's let's end on a positive though. I love it. Awesome. That's this what it's awesome. about. What we got? Word came out today. The folks at National Sports Media Association have named you, Mr. Scott Van Pelt, the National Sportscaster of the Year. And on it behalf was... of the staff here, I just want to offer our congrats. It's a very, very awesome thing that happened and i'm happy for you i know you tweeted out some stuff thank you uh, you did tie ernie johnson you <laughs> both received one first place vote i don't um, think that's what it i don't was. think I, there was i guess there's no tiebreaker i um, think we tied in first is what that meant yeah tied in first so, whatever the case congrats uh the fact that i didn't lose to ernie is a first um i've been i've been <laughs> nominated uh I don't know how many years it's been. It's been more than a few. Uh, and Ernie wins every year. So the so the fact that I tied was uh, look. I I just want to say I sincerely thank you. I, I'm not good at taking compliments. I'm not good at accepting like praise. I'm much better at making a joke and being self deprecating. But you know what this is. You know what we do, Steve. You're you're an integral part of it. Uh, it's not heavy lifting, but we work hard at it. It's goofy hours and uh, we we care about it and we try our best. And so to have that recognized by anybody as being worthy of being considered that is is sincerely gratifying. Um, you know, you don't need that, but I don't know anybody in life in whatever you do that ever outgrows appreciating somebody giving you an attaboy or an girl and saying, hey, well done. So that's that's really cool. And look, the thing about Ernie is he is as good a human as you think he is. He's better. And so if, if you're going to tie somebody and that person's Ernie Johnson, uh, it's it's just it's it's couldn't be cooler. And 
I do want to tell this quick story to end it. Um, when the Emmys two years ago were in the summer because of COVID, and um, it was on Zoom or whatever, and uh, Ernie won, and my daughter gave me came downstairs with all of our stuffs in boxes. My daughter got a trophy out of a box and brought it down to give to me because she wanted me to have a trophy. And I thought, that how cool is that? And then last year, I was nominated again, and Ernie won. And I have an Emmy from being part of Game Day many years ago. And that night when I came home, she had taken one of those little like label makers and put... 2021 outstanding studio host. She made a label and put it on that and left it for me because she wanted me to know she thought that I was supposed to win it, which again, how couldn't be a sweeter, kinder thing. And so I said, Hey, Lila, this is kind of cool, dad. I think daddy's going to actually get a trophy here. And she said, you won. And I said, well, actually I tied. And I said, guess who I tied. <laughs> and Lila crinkles up her face and she goes, Ernie Johnson. I said, yep, Ernie Johnson. So the kindest, most beautiful soul on earth has one enemy. Ernie has one enemy and it's my daughter. <laughs> Not really, but she she just she thought it was funny that Ernie and I tied. But uh, I'm grateful for that. And uh, it's a neat weekend. Apparently, uh, Mike Tarico has won. He sent a nice uh, note today to me and. Stuart Scott's going into their Hall of Fame, uh, as is Hubie Brown. Jeff Passan won their National Sports Writer of the Year, so we salute Jeff. Uh, and it's they, they recognize people from all over the country. So uh, to anyone that won and to anyone who thought I was worthy, uh, congrats to the winners. Thank you to anyone that voted for me. And um, I'm just glad you didn't see me at the Hard Rock in 2000 because there was, you know, the outfits uh, were bad and the, the decision-making was really, really iffy. Uh, really really iffy but we had some fun and on that note we'll uh we'll say so long for this week that'll do it <laughs>